has been mooted uh, in you know, monetary economics circles that one way to really stimulate an economy where those in charge feel that demand is, is insufficient and weak uh, is basically to kind of set an expiry date on money. Uh, and and the one idea was when we had paper money back in 2008, of course, was simply to uh, basically take old bill serial numbers and say, hey, you know, henceforth, this serial number will expire on this date or that date. Uh, now, that, of course, would be very cumbersome and very, very difficult to enforce. But hey, once you've gone all electronic and digital through CBDCs, it would be a snap. It would be easy. You could literally force people to spend or else. Now, that's just one form of additional power and control that the authorities would get through CBDCs. In theory, it also allows... Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Which Money Is Best. As you might have noticed, I'm wearing the same outfit. That's because we're recording this on the same day as the first video. And I've got the same guest with me. John, thanks very much for joining us. So this time we're going to be discussing another area that you're an expert in, which is central bank digital currencies, CBDCs. Now, I know neither of us are a fan of CBDCs, and yet we've promised to try and argue in favor of them before we wash out our mouth with soap. So let's start with that. Actually, we should probably start with defining what a CBDC is, and then can, you can tell me why some people would say it's a great form of money. Uh, yes, I mean, a CBDC or a central bank digital currency uh, would be a purely electronic digital form of money issued by the central bank in lieu of any actual physical alternative such as a banknote. And that is qualitatively different. I mean, some people say, oh, it just may, it's just a more efficient form of what we've got. That actually isn't true because there's no way to withdraw out of the system. That is, you must remain inside the banking system at all times, subject to whatever uh, risks that might entail. Now, obviously, there might be benefits, but no one can deny that being unable to remove wealth in physical form from a bank account is a reduction in you know, the options that a depositor currently has. I think the easiest place to start when it comes to understanding what a CBDC is is how they came to be and the connection to cryptocurrencies. Can you take us through that timeline? Uh, I mean, I love this story because there's countless examples of, of you know, historians and economists telling us that the government invents something and then the private sector takes it on. And that is how history works. And innovation is inspired by the government. Well, this is a, another good example of the government piggybacking off of the private sector. Well, indeed. And one has to wonder, you know, why would Satoshi Nakamoto, whoever he, she, they are, uh, you know, why would they have gone to the trouble uh, to come up with this proof-of-work uh, algorithm-based money as an alternative to existing money? And of course, right, the problem is that fiat money doesn't have a great track record, and there are lots of very smart people who are well aware of that and who have therefore you know, gotten to work trying to see if perhaps they could come up with something better, uh, a system that would exist uh, completely independently of any given central bank or government monetary authority. And so here you go, you know, Bitcoin emerges and the timing is not coincidental uh, in late 2008 when you know, all hell is breaking loose in the, in the banking system and concerns about potential currency debasement, devaluation, bank defaults, bailouts, bail-ins, whatever it is. 
So, you know, here we go. So Bitcoin slowly, and I stress slowly, establishes itself, finally emerges into the mainstream as, as a fringe topic anyway, within the mainstream, in uh, late 2013, early 2014. And that's also when it begins to get noticed by central bankers thinking, well, gee, maybe there's something to this. Maybe we don't need paper forms of money. Maybe we can create something purely digital. But they're horrified at the prospect that it's completely decentralized because that, of course, would mean they would lose control over it. So they think, aha, wait a minute. Let's take this cool technology, but let's make sure that we are the issuing authority. We are the regulatory authority. And fine, you know, they're not going to see themselves as a potential point of failure, a potential point of abuse, because central banks naturally think that what they're doing is absolutely necessary and essential. So from their perspective, they're simply taking a technology, as you say, developed by the private sector and putting it to, into proper public use for the greater good. You mentioned there the issue of control, and that's what it's all about to me. CBDCs are all about exerting an entirely new level of control, which is much more intense than what we've got now in the, the banking system or the digital money system or the cash system. And the key issue that, that sprouted all of this was the idea of expiring money. Can you take us through that controversy? Oh, absolutely, because it has been mooted uh, in you know, monetary economics circles that one way to really stimulate an economy where those in charge feel that demand is, is insufficient and weak uh, is basically to kind of set an expiry date on money. Uh, and and the one idea was when we had paper money back in 2008, of course, was simply to uh, basically take old bill serial numbers and say, hey, you know, henceforth, this serial number will expire on this date or that date. Uh, now, that, of course, would be very cumbersome and very, very difficult to enforce. But hey, once you've gone all electronic and digital through CBDCs, it would be a snap. It would be easy. You could literally force people to spend or else. Now, that's just one form of additional power and control that the authorities would get through CBDCs. In theory, it also allows them to implement fiscal policy. They can decide what you can spend it on. They can decide whether there should be a discount or haircut for certain items, whether there should be an implicit sales tax for certain items, whether perhaps some accounts uh, get favored status, uh, aren't taxed, say, uh, because they, their balance has become so low. And so in that way, you implement what is effectively a UBI, universal basic income. It really gives a huge amount of monetary and physical and even general social power to that monetary authority. Now, Look, any power can be used for good or evil, but we know that power tends to corrupt. And I don't think I'm the only one who's just horrified at the way in which that sort of monetary slash physical slash social power could be abused in the event that whoever was in charge at the time either was corrupt or simply misguided uh, and, and thought they could you know, pave the road to hell with something else, as it were. You used to be a banker. I consider you to be a reformed banker. One of my theories about CBDCs uh, is that right now consumers and, and everyday users of money, of currency, uh, have between them and the, the, the invasive power of the government and the, the manipulative and influencing and whatever else you want to call it, have between them the banking system protecting them when it comes to things like privacy and just, just the inefficiency of the banking system itself. CBDCs are all about removing the bank 
the, the banking system from the relationship between the currency issuer, the money issuer, and the, the, the user. Um, do you think that, that banking protection in the middle there is an important one? And what do you think would happen to the banking system if CBDCs are, are introduced? I think there are variations on the way this could play out. What I mentioned a moment ago about, in theory, the monetary authority being able to control all manner of things through CBDCs, it doesn't have to play out that way. You could argue that, I mean, you mentioned floating uh, exchange rate or floating exchange rates as an idea uh, before, that you're a fan of that. Well, the fact is, is that Milton Friedman championed that idea, and he was a, a famous monetarist economist. And he, Philip Friedman also felt, uh, very much so, that a central bank's power should be severely circumscribed to just growing the money supply at a steady, predictable rate. Well, of course, if you wanted to, in theory, you could roll out a CBDC, the supply of which grew at a stable and predictable rate, just as Milton Friedman would have advocated. And that would be very limited power. And then the banking system stacked on top of that could do all kinds of things on top of that. They could extend credit. They could offer various types of accounts. Uh, they could you know, uh, have securities denominated in the money that they traded and distributed in various ways. You know, it could be actually a very Friedman-esque free market in money and credit for the most part. Uh, however, Given the way central banking has already gone in recent years, where they have strayed so far from that sort of very narrow, circumscribed, Friedman-esque model, my strong opinion here is that the move towards CBDCs is not to retreat back into a limited role for central banking, but rather to firmly uh, cement all these new powers they have implicitly or explicitly achieved in recent decades, and indeed, perhaps go even farther in future, and that frightens me. We finished the video on gold together by pointing out that the key characteristic of gold as a monetary asset is that it acts as a constraint on government's power, government's ability to issue currency, government's ability to, just to control your life. And it seems to me that CBDCs are, are the exact opposite of that. Uh, would you agree with that? I would say, in the same way that you know, money is a technology, and technologies can be used for good or ill, to create or to destroy. CBDCs are the monetary equivalent of nuclear technology. A tremendous power which used properly can create an almost limitless amount of energy which used improperly or in hatred could theoretically destroy the whole planet. I think CBDCs are the monetary nuclear power, uh, as it were. And it's another reason to be concerned about it. It seems to me that it's all about whether or not you trust government and the incentives of government to, to either do the right thing or the wrong thing. John, th thanks very much for joining us again. And to everyone at home, thanks for watching.